0: The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision.
1: I'm Rob Black talking money, investing in more. No one was talking about Bitcoin in 2016, but it has turned into a talk of the town. Up 900 plus percent, depending on where you got in. Smartphone retail mobile commerce accounted for 46 percent of shopping from November 1 through Thanksgiving 2017. Mobile purchases account for 37 percent of online revenue on Black Friday. Mobile purchases. It's been a big year. 800 516 1220 to get your calls on the air got a big seminar coming up at the start of 2017 that I need you to sign up for sooner and later because it's early in 2017, taking a chance that you're going to actually show up. It's in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge. Love to see you. It's a Retirement Income Strategies and State Planning Seminar, January 11th in Palo Alto. It's free to sign up if you use the code RADIO25, and we're only limiting so many seats for the free tickets. Retirement planning is more complicated than ever. CFP Chad Burton is going to be there with me. So join us for retirement income strategies and estate planning, Palo Alto Elks Lodge, January eleventh, six thirty to eight thirty. So it's a Thursday evening. Other top stories of the year, other than Bitcoin, was the stock market itself. And checking in with the stock market, the stock market's dealing with tax reform. For a large part of the year, the market was dealing with yeah. So what's going to be Trump's agenda? Healthcare reform, tax reform, repatriation of cash, uh, building the wall. There's a lot going on in that agenda, right? And how much of it comes to fruition, and how much of it doesn't? Um, 2018. What's your biggest stock market prediction? What do you What do you predict's going to happen? I'm not the biggest predictor because I believe in everything that you predict. Something's going to rip it apart. Um. Or like, you think the market's going to go higher? I don't know. I think when the tax deal kicks in and companies are able to start bringing cash back from overseas markets as low as a tax rate of 8% instead of 35%, I think you're going to see buybacks, dividend increases, mergers and acquisitions, paying off debt. All four of those can move the stock market higher. Am I predicting the stock market higher? I'll let you go see your... uh, your uh, mind reader for that one or your, 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 uh, your medium. I don't know what to call it. So, fortune teller? Um, I don't play that game. So, it's just not my thing. So, 800-516-1220. So, that's actually got a sad story to it. I used to have a producer in radio and right now I got Mike and he's awesome but I used to have another producer oddly enough named Mike that, uh, uh, my, my boy, when he was very young, he loved a show that that used that sound effect. Um, and uh, so my producer got it for me, and like a week later, he had a heart attack and died. Um, you know, he was in his early fifties. Uh, it happens. So, get life insurance is my advice. I know you're saying this is the happiest show of the year. Good job, Rob. I'm trying. I'm trying. Give me give me a little break here. So this isn't the easiest thing to pull off all the time. So um, so I think 2018. I think we are we're poised to have a good year. I don't know if that means we do. Um, I think the middle class continues to struggle. I hope you have a 401k, 403, 457 because this was a good year. If you just went with like a normal stock allocation, a normal portfolio. Now there's still time that could all fall apart for sure. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, if you're not going to get in your 401k, you know, and you're, you're not making enough money at your job, this is a good time to start sprucing up the resume. This is a good time to go back to school, um, at night, uh, or weekends. So that's just my opinion. Um, oh, end of the year visibility. So it's hard to forecast, one area that's hard to forecast right now is the home market. One thing that I could tell you is I think um, look mid-sized houses. Not uh, To me, for instance, I own a home, and it's ridiculous. I own a home in a very densely populated area. And when I moved there, it wasn't densely populated, but now it is. And every time the, the mayor strikes a deal to a real estate developer to bring in uh, more apartments, I'm like, so my home went from nine hundred thousand. It was the ugliest house on the street eight nine years ago. It's now worth one point eight million. And my real estate agent thinks I can get two million. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Because you do you do two million and you're like, okay, what's someone going to have to make? What's someone going to have to make to pay for that? Well, it's going to be cash, or they're going to have to have a job, probably making about four million a year. Or they're going to say, I'm going to sell my home here and then buy your home. If the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over while expecting different results, it's probably fair to call those who offer professional forecasts on the housing market a little bit nuts. So I would look, for instance, if I were to look right now, since this area continues to sprawl out, I'd look maybe east of uh, Fremont. You know, you can't go to the ocean, so you go south or east, Um, Redwood city, when I moved into it, I didn't move into Redwood city. i lived, I lived north of Redwood city, but when I was looking, it was a lot of lower income and now it's like they've all been pushed out. So they're all living far away, like in Gilroy, the lower income. It's crazy. It's wrong. So what I would look for is maybe a, a, a home that's not the best home. I would look for a home that's, uh, hasn't hit that $1 million mark yet and, it will, if it's close enough. So it's it stinks because the city that San Carlos, uh, I was talking to the real estate agent who sold me it eight years ago, and she goes, it used to be a cute city, Rob. I used to be in love with it, and now it's just too dense. And it's getting denser faster. Mayors love to make, mayors want to get the, the taxes now and get more people, you know, paying property taxes. Um, they don't want, not, not necessarily, like Palo Alto doesn't. You don't see a lot of building going on there. So anyway, uh, trying to predict where real estate's going to go, it's kind of a a loser's game because we know interest rates are moving higher, and that means you'll be able to buy less of a house. You worry about payment, and payment's tied towards interest rates. And short-term arms, their interest rates have moved up pretty aggressively recently. So they're not as competitive. They used to be like a nice alternative for instead of a 30-year or a 15-year. And if you were going to be in the house for six, seven years, your real estate agent may say something silly to you like, yeah, just go ahead and buy it now, get an arm and refinance it later. It'll go up 200000 in value by then. It's like, whoa. So the 7% annual home price growth isn't exactly bubbly, but it's not really sustainable either. Higher prices mean higher monthly payments. That also means bigger down payments, which often means potentially over-leveraged homeowners. Got a little bit of a pressure cooker going, right? I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Don't forget, I got a big Event coming up in January, January eleventh, 30 to eight thirty, Palo Alto Elks Lodge. You can sign up for the event at Rob Black Show. Use code Radio twenty five to get in free, O charge. That's Irish for free of charge.
0: Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area airwaves weekday mornings from seven to nine on
1: AM twelve twenty KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW Radio app or KDOW Biz night replay at seven bank stocks one of my favorite sectors for 2018 industrials small cap value those are some ideas based on higher interest rates based on an old stock market based on high valuations do i think fang facebook amazon netflix google can do well yeah i do Financials have surged 7% in the month of December. And I think they rally. I think they continue to rally. I think there's some value. Bonds are pressing lower. Yields are in a pretty constructive pattern right now on the back of tax cuts. I like banks, and I particularly like brokers. I do not like insurance companies only because I have a bias. Not because they don't have value in them. I just don't like them. We have broken resistance in the banking sector. So technically, clear skies ahead, ladies and gentlemen. Please fasten your seatbelts. There may be a little bit of turbulence along the way. But if we got jobs and we have higher interest rates, banks make sense, especially on pullbacks. Okay. So I've given you that. What else can I give you? What other great Christmas gifts can I throw out at you? Uh Sorry if you own Bitcoin right now, because I don't know what the hell to tell you, other than Bitcoin plunges below 11,000 volatile trading. Down 40% from its record high. Again, it still had a great year. There's no doubting that. And again, what is it that you're looking for? A great year or a great week? Are you a trader or are you an investor? And again, it doesn't. trader is not a bad word. Consumer confidence drops further from decade highs. Consumer confidence is tricky. It's one of those economic stats that that get thrown out there. That when we look at, we're like, hmm. So I talk to Mike, my producer, every day. I'm like, hey, Mike, how you doing? He's like, good. And we have a little a little banter back and forth, and he sounds happy to me. I'm like, he's happy. A couple months from now, if the economy's not doing so well, he's like, oh, I had a rough day. Oh. And I might project that his rough day walking his dog equals. I'm not going to go spend money on the economy. It's funny because consumer confidence is like, how do we feel about other people's feelings? Consumer sentiment fell more than expected in December, hitting a rating of 95.9. Still a pretty high number. The indicators remained largely unchanged in 2007. American consumers are increasingly confident and certainly about their income and their employment prospects. So whether you like it or not, I can tell you this, this, this tax cut, you're going to feel it in a positive way. And you're like, Tr- Trump, Trump sold my children, my Trump, Trump Trump, sold my children future out. And you're like, people have their people, and again, I don't know what that is an impression of. Is that a Riverside person, or is it in LA? I don't know. I don't know. But Trump sold my, soul, sold my children out. Um, oh. Everyone will have an opinion on this tax issue. Everyone will have a position on Trump, but I'll tell you, when your paycheck has a little bit more do-re-me in it in three months, two months, I bet you're going to go spend it, and I bet you're going to feel a little bit more confident paying off some of your debt, saving, thinking about your 401k. That's just my thought. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money invested more. Sinclair Broadcasting says it's going to pay special $1,000 tax reform bonus to almost 9,000 employees. There's a difference between a bonus and a wage hike. Just throwing that out at you. So AT&T, Comcast. AT&T is like, thank you, Mr. Trump. We're paying our, our employees bonuses. And NH&T can approve the merger between us and Time Warner? Am I being cynical when I say that? <laughs> oh, no. I think I'm right on. Apple's being sued after it admitted to slowing down older iPhones. It says it's trying to extend the life of your battery and the life of your phone. People say, I'd like to make that choice on my own. So Apple's being sued after it admitted to slowing down older iPhones. The U.S. tech giant said it has algorithms in place to keep an iPhone running at optimal performance if there's any older battery inside that can't keep up with the required power. The aim is to stop unexpected shutdowns of older iPhones and keep them running to the best standard possible. I don't know how I feel about that one. I don't know how I should feel about that one. So lithium-ion batteries become less capable of supplying peak current demands in cold conditions, have a low battery charge, or as they age over time, which can result in the device unexpectedly shutting down. To me, that sounds totally reasonable. But maybe there should be a Xbox somewhere involved that I say I give you the right to do that, make that choice for me. I don't know. Is that what we're looking at here? I kind of feel that's what we're looking at here. But then again, I could be wrong. So, uh, man, headlines just bum you out, don't they? I just saw a headline, a seven-year-old boy killed with a stray bullet. Like, uh, Charlie Munger. Oh, man, Charlie Munger. He's a piece of work. That's all I'm going to tell you right now. He says Bitcoin is insanity. Avoid it like the plague. I'm an old person. You shouldn't buy anything that's new.
2: You're darn tootin'.
1: I don't mind old people, but sometimes when they're talking about new technologies, and again, trust me, I own no Bitcoin. But sometimes when you see an old person talk about things like investing, you know, in the 90s, Warren Buffett didn't own any tech stocks, and he admitted, I don't know anything about them. They're too young for me. But Charlie Munger is speaking at a University of Michigan Ross School of Business event, and he says, I think it's perfectly asinine to even pause to think about them. It's bad people, crazy bubble. It's bad people, crazy bubble, bad idea, luring people into concept of easy wealth without much insight over work. That's the last thing on earth you should think about. So how does he feel about Bitcoin? Not well. Now, Bitcoin's having a really, really rough end of the year. Um I don't have anything else on Bitcoin, so it's one of the stories of the year for sure. we got a little holiday lull going, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you spend time with your friends and family. I hope you take time to tell people that you love them and you appreciate them. You can send me love, rob at robblackshow.com or rob at robblack.com. Rob at robblack.com is the right way to do that. Show some love. Show some love, people. Find me online at Rob Black Show. Don't forget to get a seminar coming up in Palo Alto. You can sign up at RobBlackShow.com and use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. January 11th. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and your money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220, KDOW. Little Killers bringing us back. I saw them in concert last week. Probably my favorite band if I have a quote unquote favorite band. It's a little limiting. But joining me now is Patrick O'Hare, and he's the man. How are you, Mr. O'Hare?
2: Hey, Rob, I'm doing well. Thank you.
1: Do you have a favorite band?
2: I don't, but uh, I guess, you know, I may be old school and just say U2. Uh, <laughs> it's a safe okay. choice, but I always like what they put out, and I happen to be a big country fan, too, so I kind of like all sorts of singers in that genre.
1: Good to know. Um, I know you're a stock market fan. I know we've been talking stocks for years and years now. Um, I like your angles. I like. I'm not going to call it simplicity. I like the digestible way you look at the market. Um, you do page one and you do the big picture for briefing.com. It's a great resource for domestic and international news. Um, I've been using it for it's 20 years now. If it's not 19, it's it's 20 um, or. It's not 20, it's nineteen anyhow um the markets record highs, I saw a question should I buy into the record highs or sell? And I instantly I think risk versus reward. What are your thoughts on where we are in the markets right now?
2: Well, I think that that that's right. it is risk versus reward and you know we this this question always surfaces when you get a market hitting. New highs, you know whether you know you had a nice run. The S P five hundred hits two thousand, and everyone's asking that same question. And then it hits twenty two hundred, and everyone asks the same question. And twenty four hundred. So the point is, is that you do have to have a good understanding of your risk tolerance, and um, and you also have to have a, a, a good awareness, I think, of your time horizon and and where we sit, basically, in terms of valuation. I mean, we're sitting relatively well. On an absolute basis, we're at a high level right now. The S P 500 trades at close to a 30% premium to its 10-year average uh, P.E. multiple, uh, and that uh, theoretically would suggest that your returns will likely be lower um, over a longer term period of time since you're getting in at a higher valuation. But, of course, on a relative basis, it's not so terrible when you take into account that interest rates are so low. So from a risk-reward perspective, you have to assess uh, and understand, I think, where interest rates are headed because that will uh, ultimately dictate, uh, help dictate stock market returns. And the higher interest rates go, uh, the lower those returns are likely to be and could ultimately be negative if you get a real spike in interest rates here. And you just have to understand whether you're capable of writing out a you know one-year, two-year cycle where you have higher rates uh, negatively impacting stock market returns or perhaps even longer, uh, but it ultimately is going to boil down to one's individual uh, risk assessment and time horizon.
1: So big story today is the markets um, have had a great year. We're moving into the holiday push at this point in time. I would say we've got Technically, about three days left until everyone's checked out, eating turkey, getting fat, eating ham, spending time with their family. The week after kind of leads into the new year. Uh, Santa Claus rally, because all the professional traders will take uh, 10 days off, or no Santa Claus rally?
2: <laughs> yeah, that's a tough question to answer, because we've, we certainly have had such a huge run uh, already You know, leading up to the so-called Santa Claus period, which which covers the last five trading days of a year and the first two trading days of a new year. Uh, given the way that the market has behaved this year, you, know, you would be inclined to think that the market is going to just maintain that bullish bias into <laughs> year end. But we've we've had this nice run here of late, um, predicated in large part on tax reform optimism. And now that that uh, finish line is in sight, so to speak, uh, where we might actually get you know uh, the bill passed this week and signed into law this week, you know you could see the market. Take a breather as we move into year end, but um, you know, but banking on that type of perspective hasn't worked at all this year. You know, every time you think that the market is going to correct or pull back to a meaningful degree, uh, you know, happens for a few days, and then it's just right back. You know, takes right off again. So, you know, this, this last this year end period is going to be a little bit finicky. I think uh, you'll get some speculative moves in certain areas, as you always do. Um, but, uh, you know, I try not to really boil it down to such a, uh, you know, a finite period of time here and kind of what we were talking about earlier. You, you know, understand your risk tolerances and your time horizon and, and also understand if you're going to be playing for short-term speculative gains in that last seven days of the year, uh, you know, you can expect to get, you know, whipsawed in some respects, but you have to uh, pick and choose your spots and, and, uh, and move in accordance with your risk tolerances.
1: So, yesterday we had five big acquisitions Hershey with Skinny Pop, Campbell with Snyder's, Oracle with Conix Gaming Company, uh, Penn National buying Pinnacle Entertainment. Today we see another one. There was a someone on CNBC or Bloomberg said yesterday there's fewer companies now than there were in 2000 because 2000 had so many IPOs in that period of time. So, don't really look for a correction because so many dollars are going after 401k, pensions, invest. A lot of people have a lot more long-term plays. Do you buy into that argument that we may not correct and that we may melt up because there's no other place to put your money?
2: Well, you know, supply was certainly a factor in the collapse of the dot-com you know bubble uh, because you had so many companies coming public at that point in time and and all of that supply you know coming onto the market it ultimately imploded uh, and you're not seeing the IPO. You know, pipelines just you know running flush these days. Even though you have a stock market at record highs, I think you have companies that are are uh, taking a prudent step of of really getting their businesses and their business models uh, set for long term performance, and they're not rushing to the public market necessarily to raise capital. and uh, And that has been a supportive factor here because you don't, you not only have this you know the limited supply in terms of IPOs, uh, you also have companies that have been you know. Buying back their stocks uh, in significant fashion, and have the potential, or certainly the motivation, to do so again in 2018 with the uh, with given what we know about the the tax bill right now. So, you know, I think that's going to continue you know in the year ahead, and that can ultimately be a underlying supportive factor here for the equity market that helps limit the uh, the pullbacks that will come inevitably.
1: So taking a look at your page one today and, you know, kind of uh, thinking about it, uh, we saw housing starts and building permits uh, report for November was stronger than expected. I live in California, and we've seen thousands of homes burned down this year. That's a pretty good industry to be in in construction because you're always going to have it, and we need more housing. People come to the country. uh, Talk a little bit about the importance, because I know, you know, the engines of the economy, auto, uh, you know, the the cars buying and selling, um, clearly housing and construction is a big part as well.
2: Well, it is. And, you know, in this case, uh, the housing starts includes building permits data as well. and. And you know that's a leading indicator of economic activity. And, and while you know permits overall you know declined slightly, um, uh, it, it, what what was positive about the. Um, about the housing starts report today though is that you saw single family starts uh leading the way in terms of in terms of the growth we saw there and that's and that's important really because you know we we're seeing uh, supply constraints in the housing market and those supply constraints are driving up prices and they and, and it prevents home sales from being even stronger so the more supply you can bring on you know ideally you see a little bit of relief in terms of pricing, uh, and you do get some continued growth, and you get the multiplier effect kicking in from job creation to uh, discretionary purchases of related housing items and and so on and so forth. And so housing is a very important component uh, of of the economy uh, because of that multiplier effect. And uh, in terms of starts, they... You know, they haven't really been accelerating. Um, you've seen it just a slow, steady grind higher, which is okay, uh, but we obviously need more starts there to help uh, relieve some of the supply constraints that are holding back the housing market to a certain extent. And so, so it was encouraging, though, to see in November that single-family starts, I think we're up about 5%, and that was the, you know, the main driver of things here um, uh, in the latest month of reporting.
1: So, 2018 is going to be um, an election year, mid, mid elections, uh, midterm elections. Is that something that can derail the market, or what valuations derail the market, uh, do, or will it be something that we totally don't see, like oil spiking higher, or something like a, a war in the Middle East?
2: Well, I, would, you know, I, would, I guess I'd answer it this way: the things that we know uh, that could that would spoil the market the bull market and I think interest rates are, are number one on the list right if you get a spike in interest rates uh, you're gonna see multiple compression and you're gonna see um, uh, probably some some you know repayment constraints on the part of over leveraged consumers and or things of that nature that ultimately drives uh, economic activity lower so that's something that we you know we know that would be a spoiler Uh to your broader point, I think it—you know—you always have that exogenous risk factor that's out there, and and it can create some short-term dislocations, uh, certainly that are material. Uh, but you have to understand what the exogenous risk factor is when it hits to ultimately determine whether it's something that's going to be longer-lasting and and a real spoiler of the bull market. So and and that will relate to whether it has a true negative economic and earnings impact. <laughs>
1: Thanks for all your work in 2017. You do great work. Briefing.com does great work. I highly recommend everyone starting their day with page one and with um, taking a look at the markets. I really wildly appreciate it. People can find out more at briefing.com. It's briefing.com. Talk to you in 2018, Mr. O'Hare. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app because I'm going to go Christmas caroling. I need to save my voice. Uh Bringing CFP Chad Burton to talk a little tax reform from his morning show this morning. New focus on wealth with CFP Chad Burton. He does it Tuesdays and Wednesdays typically, but today is Thursday here on AM 1220
3: KDOW. So should you prepay? Now, any state income taxes that you're going to own next year. The first question that you have to ask is Have you been get hitting, been getting hit with AMT, Alternative Minimum Tax? It's this alternative bracket that's being calculated in the background on your tax return that takes those deductions away from people, anyways, and it always has. So if you've always been getting hit with AMT, this tax law change is going to be, could be not as bad as you think. Where do you find that? You find the 1040. So on your return, there's a 1040 top left. You'll look at it. You turn to the second page and line 45 on your 2016 return tells you whether or not you paid and have been paying alternative minimum tax. So if that number is there, if there's a number in that AMT tax line, it likely will not benefit you from prepaying. Gosh, I cannot talk today? Prepaying your state income taxes. All right. So it's not a no-brainer. If you can't get a hold of your CPA because it's so close to the holidays, um, and they're so sick of answering the question. <laughs> um, that, that's, that's how you're going to have to tell. You're going to have to look at line 45 on your 2016 return, and if there's a number in there, an ANT number, then I wouldn't even bother. Um, again, consult a tax advisor before taking any action, but that's an opinion, all right? Now, how do you know if you're going to pay more or less under this new tax package? The next thing you could do is turn a few pages back and look at your Schedule A which is your itemized deductions and know that if that number is over $24,000 you're going to pay you're likely going to pay more. Now, it depends on where your income falls because under the old plan, the 15% bracket hit income between 18,000 and 75,900. Under the new plan, the 15% bracket becomes a 12% bracket. And you can get a little, about $2,000 more. So if you kind of save 3% of about $50,000 of income. Um, and then if you're a real high income earner, the 396 bracket becomes um, 37%, 32% of bracket. Is, takes over the 33% bracket. So, to, for high-income earners to take, a, because there's so much less they're going to be able to deduct on their return, they knocked off a couple percentage points from the bracket. Um, I don't really look at, unless you're just getting this huge benefit from these tax pass-through entities that we talk about later, I don't really look at this as a major tax cut uh, for the wealthy because of the the massive amount of deductions that people lose. The good thing is this, and let's not call it a tax simplification. That's what I was really hoping for, that the Congress would come together and say, we have a we have a budget problem. We have a long-term debt problem. Let's figure out what we want to prioritize and fix, simplify the tax code, take away um, just uncertainty from businesses and, and get some money back into the U.S. and get some deductions for job creation and grow this economy for real. Now, we are are counting on a tax cut to grow the economy and corporations to follow suit with job creation. Um, It is going to turbocharge this economy. There's no doubt about it. Middle class, lower income are going to pay less in taxes. There's no doubt about it. It is a tax cut. And hopefully, it will result in economic growth near 4%, and then it can help the budget issues if Congress gets spending under control, which means, really, you can't cut a lot of expenses. You can't cut Social Security and Medicare. It's not going to happen. We have an aging population. You have to support those programs so that people are not in poverty um, and losing their home because of health care problems. You cannot let that happen. Uh, Right now, we have unemployment very, very low, so the issue will be wage inflation. How much wage inflation will we see as a result of this? And wage inflation is going to be good because we have not had it. So, hopefully, corporations create jobs, pay higher wages, and we all do well. So, let's have positive hopes going into 2018. Let's go over some of the other issues in this tax bill. Um, there's no changes in long-term capital gains rates and dividends. So, you still have a 0%, 15%, and 20% long-term capital gain rate. And again, the, the tax brackets have changed. It's It's definitely more complicated there's no simplification in this process at all. You still, What happens is, because most people in America will not itemize anymore, they'll just get a standard deduction of $24,000. Before, we had a lower standard deduction in personal exemptions. Um, now you have a child tax care credit that can be refundable as well. So basically, some people, I, I, I believe, and again, this is all brand new. I haven't digested all of it. But there was already some people that would... Play the game of the earned income credit and actually stop working at a certain period of the year so they could get a tax refund, and there's a huge portion of the population that doesn't pay any taxes, um, there's almost an incentive for some people to stop. Like, well, if I make $500 more, if I work in December, all of December, I'll make $500 too much, and I won't get the earned income tax credit. So, people quit, and then they file out their tax return, get their credit, and then they go back to work. You can't have carrots like that out there for society. Um so again the standard deduction is essentially been doubled. Now I will say if if I've got a client that's retired and they have prop 13 extremely low property taxes, okay? And what I see is when we have even into the six-figure range of income for retirees, if we do the retirement income planning correctly and blend cash and capital gains and IRA and pension income, typically what I'm seeing is about a 6% effective rate at the California state level. So, those people, the, the standard deduction... The new standard deduction is likely higher, especially if their mortgage interest rate is so low and they're well into their mortgage anyway, where their their interest rate at 3.85% is only on maybe, you know, kicking off about 2000 a year of interest anyways. Retirees not only are going to have a higher deduction with the standard deduction in many
0: cases.